Well, hi there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host for today's episode, and I'm so glad you're joining me. I want to take a minute before we get started and invite you to head over to our socials, Facebook and Instagram. Follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights this podcast, Unshaken, our blog called Planted, our mom-to-mom ministry aimed at encouraging mothers in the work they do, and also our Regarding Him conference that happens yearly in March. There is so much good content on these socials, you are not going to want to miss it, so go follow them today. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory, like Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, CastBox. It helps us out and it also helps you out because you get notifications of new episodes that drop each and every Thursday. You can also reach out to us at unshakenpsalm622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you ever have any ideas, suggestions, or thoughts about an episode. Or maybe you just want to tell me about something that you heard on an episode and how it impacted you. Finally, Unshaken is a podcast for women, put on by women, and our goal is to encourage and challenge and point women to Jesus Christ. And as you know, with Jesus, we can be unshaken no matter our circumstances. Hey, let's jump right into our episode today. All right, well, here in Northwest Ohio, we are deep in the middle of the winter. It's cold out. Today, as I record this particular episode, it's 36 degrees out. Now, if you're listening in a colder area like Alaska or perhaps one of the northern states, you're probably going to tell me, hey, that is not so bad. And if you're listening in Florida or another warm area, you're probably shivering at the thought of it being 36 degrees out. But when it's cold like this, it reminds me of how grateful I am when we hit spring and the beauty of all the trees budding and leaves coming on. And I longingly look out into my backyard through my kitchen window and I think about how green and lush it is in the deep summer. I also was thinking about my garden last year. We had a few tomato plants and boy did those tomato plants produce tomatoes. I had such a hard time keeping up with them. I can even look out and see the remnants of a few leftover tomato plants and a couple tomatoes really actually still on the plants. I didn't take care of them at the end of the season like I should have. Um, I'm looking for a nice warm day that I can head out there and kind of clean that garden up or it might end up sitting there until you know May when I finally get out there to get things planted. You should have seen how many tomatoes I had. I um, It was crazy how much I had and how much those like four little plants produced. But I actually got kind of sick of tomatoes. I was so thankful for all of the results of those little plants growing in my backyard. Now on today's episode, we are going to be talking about uh, fruit. Now it's not the kind of fruit that you grow in your garden or you find on a tree, but it's really much more about the fruit that you and I need to be producing as women who love God. Before we jump into today's episode, I wanted to mention that this talk was given at a mom-to-mom meeting in September of 2021. Now you may think, oh, that's only for moms, but I'm going to tell you right now, you need to listen. I want you to listen because there is so much in this talk that is good for any woman to hear. She may focus and give some examples from motherhood and we understand that, but I'm going to tell you that it doesn't matter what stage of life you are in, Andrea Van Enget is going to lead us through how you and I can produce fruit through the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we can produce fruit for Christ 
and we can produce fruit in each part of our lives and no matter what stage we're at. Let's jump in and listen. Um, So this morning, as Audrey mentioned, we're going to talk a bit about fruitful motherhood in general and uh, just to kind of get us going for the year. So what is fruit? Fruit is the result of something. It's produced, it's grown, it's visible. But is the fruit of motherhood highlighted just by the tangibles? The keeping babies clean, fed, and sleep trained, teaching them to hold a cup, potty training, teaching them to read and drive a car. If our kids make it to adulthood without being a total waste of space, have we borne the good fruit? Or maybe the fruit is more about us, how much of our to-do list we crossed off, the amount of followers we garner on Instagram because of our creative craft times, the ability to host a crowd of people and pull off an amazing meal in the process. What do you think? How do we know? What is fruit? We can certainly learn some helpful things from others, and that's why we gather in groups like this. But God's word, the Bible, is what defines fruitful motherhood. And our understanding of his character and design should inform our understanding of what it means to be a fruitful mom. If we aren't firm on what God's expectations of fruitfulness are, then we will default to what the world shows us it should be, or maybe what just feels right. In the Bible, the book of Galatians talks about works, of, works and desires of our flesh compared to the fruit of the Spirit. Simply put, the fruit of the Spirit is evidence of God's work in our lives, changing us to be more like him. In chapter 5 of Galatians, you, some of you probably know a song about this, so don't break out into song. Um, verse 22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. I think we all know that, com- that feeling of comparisons as moms. It eventually leads to conceit or envy, as this passage warns about. But walking in the Spirit frees us from this and allows us to bear fruit. So let's think about how this plays out. Let's say we have two moms. We'll call them Frida and Rita. And no joke, my oldest wanted to use these names for my second born. Some of you might have heard that story before. So we have fruitful Frida and self-righteous Rita. Two different moms. Each decide to have a mom and her kids over for lunch and a play date. As the morning plays out and they're getting ready, fruitful Frida exhibits fruit of the Spirit along the way. She shows patience when her kids are moving slow. She shows gentleness as she corrects them when they complain. She shows joy through all of the preparing. But self-righteous Rita, not so much. She does not exhibit patience as the kids work slower than she wants. Instead of helping them work through problems, she barks out orders and kind of shuffles them along. And she doesn't show much joy as they prepare, because in the back of her mind, she is wondering what her lunch guests will think of how clean her home is, or if what she serves for lunch will be acceptable, and if the activities she's chosen will be fun or lame. You can probably identify with both of these moms, right? I think we've all been Frida, and we've all been Rita. But which one is fruitful? 
Both of these moms showed hospitality in having someone enter her home. Both involved her kids in helping to get ready. Both had something tangible to show for the day. What both moms experienced in their heart and how their actions affected their kids will last beyond this play date. But only one produced something that was glorifying to God and sowed seeds of future good fruit. Only one will likely produce kids who actually want to have people over for lunch and practice hospitality when they're older. We'll come back to these women in a little bit. Recently, I read an article online about fruit trees. It said, fruits are seed houses for trees. They are a mechanism through which plants can spread their genes as far and wide as possible so more of their kind populate the land. The main objective of fruit trees is to attract various land animals, birds, insects, and humans to their fruits so they can be consumed and their seeds replanted. That is why fruit tastes delicious. I just love this idea. And I think it is a great illustration of what we are talking about. The fruit we produce should be delicious and inviting. It should contain seeds that eventually get spread far and wide to produce more fruit. As we walk in the Spirit and exhibit the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, we are creating storehouses of seeds that will go on to bear more fruit in our own hearts, in our kids' lives, and in the lives of those around us. And in the context of motherhood, our kids are the literal physical fruit, and what we pour into them is a seed that will eventually go forth and bear more fruit. So fruit of the Spirit can be seen in our lives as we walk in the Spirit, and in turn, that fruit will bear more fruit within our kids and those around us. So how do we do this? How do we walk in the Spirit and be free from comparisons? How do we produce good fruit that is glorifying to God? In the Bible, Jesus talks about fruit, and this will be our focus for the rest of our time this morning. In John chapter 15, there's a really great word picture of this. Jesus says he is the true vine, or the tree. God the Father is the vine dresser who cares for and tends to the branches, and we are the branches which are to produce fruit. I will only be reading portions of this passage, so I encourage you to, maybe when you're home, read John chapter 15, verses 1 through 17. So, in order to bear fruit, I want to talk about three things here. Where do we abide? Where is our identity? And what do we sacrifice? In the 15th chapter of John, in verses 4 and 5, Jesus says, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me you can do nothing. Abide isn't a word that we use much. It often means to live or dwell. And where you live is called your abode. So your home. I mean, your home is your abode. Um, It is also referred to as remaining stable or fixed. And I like that definition as we think about what Jesus is saying here about abiding in him. Remaining stable or fixed in Jesus as a branch would be fixed to a tree or a vine. A branch that is broken off and laying on the ground is no longer fixed to the tree. It's no longer abiding. Branches on a tree or vine are dependent and must draw life from that tree. I think that's fairly obvious. 
But if I think of myself as the branch, how often do I go about in my own strength? That's why Jesus uses this analogy, to show our utter dependence upon him. As a branch cannot live on its own. We must draw life from Jesus, the true vine. Branches fallen from the tree to the ground are dead. They're not much good for anything except burning. And even a stick used to roast a good s'more will get burned up, consumed, with nothing left, except for maybe some sticky fingers. Branches fixed to the, to the vine, however, will bear fruit as they remain in their life source. And you know the great thing? We don't have to do this fruit bearing on our own. Jesus says in verse 1 that his father is the vine dresser, and the branches will be tended to by the vine dresser. We will be tended to by God the Father. And this is where the abiding becomes clear. God the Father is the vine dresser, the one who cares for and tends to the branches. He does this because he cares for the tree and wants to see the tree made more glorious by healthy branches and beautiful, robust fruit. So how does God the vine dresser tend to the branches? Well, how do we tend to the gardens and flower beds that we have? We don't plant a garden and then just kind of hope for the best and sprinkle some water, right? Not if we care about it anyway. I mean, I kind of did that this summer, but I won't talk about that. Uh, no, we actually nourish it. We prep the ground, we get the weeds out, we use fertilizer, keep it watered well, and we prune it when things become overgrown. In our passage, Jesus says that every branch that does bear fruit will be pruned by the vine dresser so that it may bear more fruit. Now, you gardeners out there probably understand this a little more than I can appreciate. When my bushes get unruly, I grab my shears and I just kind of hack away at them, just trying to keep them from growing into each other and maintain some kind of shape. But true vining, or true pruning, sorry, true pruning isn't just to keep things looking good. It's for the long-term health of the tree or the plant, to improve its growth, which will improve its flower or fruit production. God's word does the pruning in our lives. It's what tells us who we are, who he is, and what he expects from us. It tells us of his great love for us and how we can in turn love others. The more we know God's word, the more it can do that good work of pruning in us for our spiritual health and fruit production. Remember our little scenario with Frida and Rita? Rita got painted in a pretty bad light, didn't she? She was the one going about doing all of her good works while leaving some rotten fruit in her path. So what about when we become this mom? Because it will happen. We will sin against our kids and those we love. We will trample on the good fruit that we try to bear. When we abide in Christ, we will be pruned by our loving God, convicted of our sin, and seek forgiveness. And then we can move forward. There is great fruit that comes when we acknowledge our sin and turn from it. And that's the beauty of abiding in Christ. We can be fruitful despite our sin. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So for our lives to bear fruit, we need to not neglect the things that will nourish us. Time in God's word, prayer, and fellowship with other believers. How are you nourishing your life? Do you spend time reading God's word? Do you have people keeping you accountable? Are you spending time with those who will encourage you in this way? 
Jesus also uses the word abide in verse 9 when he says, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. This love leads to union with Christ and true identity in Christ. So that is our second point of how to bear fruit. It happens when we find our identity in Christ. So what does this mean? Identity is the condition of being the same as something. Sameness in character. I have a question. Did most of us here have some kind of idea of the type of mom we wanted to be when we were first pregnant? Maybe crafty mom or only, you know, um, organic food mom, whatever. Homeschool mom. Maybe that idea remained even as the first baby or two came along. But then how many of us had the earth-shattering reality that with more than a couple kids, that identity is hard to maintain? I definitely thought I would be athletic mom. You know, always playing some type of sport in the backyard with my kids. Being the mom who brought snacks to practice. Not complaining about shuttling them from practice to practice. I remember thinking I would get a jogging stroller so that I could keep running with my babies. And eventually they would bike as I ran and then move on to running with me. Maybe even do some road races together. Whew. <laughs> then reality hit as babies came. And by the time my oldest was capable enough to kick a ball, I was pregnant with my third. I was too tired to even think about kicking a soccer ball, let alone go for a run. I think we often decide what kind of mom we want to be in the early years. But what happens when we don't measure up to our self-laid identity? Feelings of failure, inadequacy, lack of fulfillment, feeling out of place, anxiety, and depression. Or sometimes, and in some seasons, maybe we actually are the type of mom we want to be, accomplishing something that blesses our family and leaves us feeling like we have it all together. In either case, we are placing our identity in the type of mom we are or aren't, instead of in Christ. And you know what? If you are a Christian, your identity really is in Christ, whether or not you feel like it is, and whether or not you're actually living like it is. Now let me pause a minute. If you aren't sure you're a Christian, or if this is the first time maybe you're hearing about being in Christ, it's simply to say that we are sinners, we are all sinners, who fall short of the glory of God. And because we could never live the life required to be with God forever, he sent his son, Jesus, to live a perfect life and die in our place. Jesus rose again and defeated death and now sits at the right hand of God. And when we believe by the gift of faith that it is in Christ alone we find forgiveness of sins, we are made new. We are in Christ and maintain our identity, our sameness, in Christ through God's eyes. But even if our reality is one of being in Christ as a Christian, we can sure self-identify as a whole bunch of things other than that. And when we do that, we place our identity elsewhere, even though God doesn't. Now, how does that affect our relationship with him? How are we hindered when we don't see ourselves as he does? This is directly tied to our ability to be fruitful. It really holds us back. As a Christian, we are in Christ regardless of how we feel or what sin we are struggling with. And when we forget that, it's easy to become inward-focused and stop serving others. When we are in Christ, we can fight sin. We don't have to get sucked into the same sin patterns, and we don't have to try really hard to not mess up. 
It is by his power that we can repent and move forward in forgiveness. But when we forget our identity, we forget these things, and it hinders our fruit. In Christ, we are free to love, serve, and sacrifice for others. And all of that nourishes our lives and allows for fruit to grow. So as we abide in Christ and find our identity in him, we will bear fruit. Finally, we will also bear fruit as we live a life of sacrifice. In verses 12 and 13 of John 15, Jesus says, This is my commandment, that you love one another just as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. I think moms naturally understand there is a great deal of sacrifice involved in motherhood. It starts as we sacrifice our normal eating habits for that which won't make us nauseous, or as we sacrifice our favorite pair of jeans as our belly grows. It moves into more serious things as we sacrifice good sleep for our baby who needs to eat. Maybe we sacrifice a cushioned bank account as we quit our job and decide to stay home full time. Many things are sacrificed, some unintended and some purposeful. As Jesus lived on this earth, His life was an act of daily dying to self. His whole purpose was to do the will of his Father and bring him glory in the process. So he sacrificed in ways when his attention was demanded by large crowds, when his words were maligned, when his disciples turned their back on him. And these daily sacrifices eventually led to his big sacrifice, offering his life for sinners whom he loved. So in these verses, he is calling us to love in the same way to lay down our lives for our friends, our kids, our husband, our Christian sisters. And why would he desire that we do this? In verse 16, Jesus tells us that he chose and appointed us that we go and bear fruit. As we sacrifice, we will bear fruit, remembering that the vine dresser is there to help us. Remember earlier when we talked about fruit being seed houses? Then those seeds get scattered around and bear more fruit. But did you know that can't actually happen unless the seed dies? John 12:24 says, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. As a grain of wheat remains alive, it remains one grain. But as it dies, it becomes something entirely different a plant with many seeds. And those seeds can then become many, many plants, and the cycle continues. Just as a seed or grain of wheat must die in order to become a plant, we must die to our former self in order to be joined to Christ. If we are to become fruitful branches in Christ, we first must allow whatever we are to die. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Our identity is no longer found in anything else, since as we read earlier, apart from Christ, we can do nothing, especially bear fruit for him. But I wonder, do I see daily sacrifice as a way of life to prepare me for what God has for me? I don't want my sleep to be interrupted in the middle of the night. I would rather sit inside in the AC than run around and get all sweaty with my kids. I could call a friend who I know needs to talk, but it's been a really long day. 
Selfishness as a way of life is much easier than sacrifice as a way of life. But how are we, <clears throat> excuse me, how are we daily dying to ourselves in the small things so that we are prepared to sacrifice the bigger things? That might be an afternoon spent caring for your friend's kids because she has an emergency or money put toward a mission project that could have gone toward vacation, or letting go of your pride when you know you've been wronged yet again, or letting go of personal comfort when speaking to the woman at the park who you see is hurting and needs a friend. As we live a life of sacrifice for our kids, our husband, our friends, we will be ready to get out of our comfort zone and our perceived place of security and willingly, down, willingly lay down our lives for Christ as we pursue abiding in him and sharing his love to those around us. Apart from him, we can do nothing, but in him, we can bear fruit that will house seeds prepped and ready to bear more fruit. So as we begin this new year focusing on fruitful motherhood, let's think about how we are evaluating our fruit. According to personal standards and maybe what others around us are doing, or according to what the Bible says about the kind of fruit we should bear. And let's think about how we practically apply that to all of the areas of our lives. As moms, sorry, as our lives as moms. <laughs> we do need practical advice on motherhood, and we will be talking about that this year as we hear from other speakers. But even more, we need to be abiding in the one who made us, knows us, and gives us the opportunity to live all of that out. For apart from him, we can do nothing. We can achieve much in our motherhood for this world. But I pray that our heart's desires would be to produce fruit for the Lord that will in turn produce more fruit for the Lord for generations to come. Okay, so wow, what a great talk. I hope that you listened all the way through. It was so good to think about whether or not we were producing fruit. And what does our fruit really look like? She gave us three specific questions to ask. Where do we abide? Where is our identity found? And what are we willing to sacrifice? So I wanted to take a minute and think about the different seasons of a woman's life and how we need to be producing fruit no matter our age. I was thinking if you're listening today and you're a young high school girl, first off, thanks for listening. I'm so glad you're listening. This is just a great time for you as you can be fruitful in your studying and your classwork assignments. You could be really fruitful with your friendships and conversations. You could speak about Jesus to your classmates, to your teammates, maybe even coworkers if you have a little part-time job. You can be fruitful doing something that I think is the most important thing you could do, and that is read God's word every day. You could build that habit. Those are all really excellent things to do at this season of your life. Maybe you're a college student or a young lady just starting out in life. You are beginning to process through the beginnings of what you're going to do with your career and what you're going to do when you jump into the real world. So I guess just like the high school girl, you could be fruitful in studying God's word and reading it and in prayer. You can also be fruitful in the work or the studying you do, both at school or in a job, and sharing about Jesus with your coworkers or family and friends. Maybe today you're a young married woman and you're setting up your home for the very first time. What an exciting time in life for you. And you can be fruitful with your time and your talents. If you're working, you could do it well for God's glory. You can be fruitful in your conversations with your friends and family, and most importantly, fruitful in your relationship with your husband. 
If you are a woman in the working world, no matter if you're married or not, you can be fruitful in both working hard at your job and serving and loving your coworkers. You can also be fruitful by bringing up things related to God, the Bible, or your church. I'm always amazed that when I mention something about church or the Bible, people actually want to talk to me about it. It's a great opportunity to chit-chat and it usually leads to a good conversation about Jesus. Maybe you are sitting there or listening while you're folding clothes because you're a busy, busy mom. I understand that. And you feel like you are always working. Maybe it's time for you to step back and think about how you can be fruitful in spending time with each and every one of your children. Or how you can be fruitful in doing fun things in your home to teach your children they are your mission field. Maybe it's about being diligent in the work that is in your home. I know you have a lot to do every day, but we can be fruitful to do the laundry and the dishes and make meals and change diapers and vacuum the floor. I mean, I could go on and on. But doing these things with a joyful attitude and a thankful heart, that's fruitfulness right there. Maybe you're in the stage of life where your kids are grown and you have a little more time on your hands or, or maybe you feel like you're not as needed by them. Well, this is a particularly challenging time to to be fruitful, but I can tell you for sure that it can happen. I have watched quite a few women be very fruitful in their later years. It might mean that you have time to go meet for coffee with a woman and give her some words of encouragement, or go for a walk at a local park with a young mom and her kids. Maybe it's time for you to head over to that young mom's house, spend time with her, or hang out with her kids while she goes to the grocery store. Maybe you can be really fruitful in your prayer time for others in your lives. And we know that any time spent in prayer is never wasted time. I'm not really sure where you are or what your season is, but one thing I know, and one thing Andrea told us today as she spoke on fruitfulness and explained to us what God's word clearly says, we are all called to be fruitful for God's glory. So I ask you, how are you being fruitful today? That's probably a really good question that we should ask ourselves each and every day. How am I being fruitful today in honoring God? Hey, join us next week for our second in our four-part series called Purpose. Next week's topic is all about how you and I were created and designed for a very specific and special purpose and how living out that purpose brings glory to God. You won't want to miss it. And remember, when everything around you is shaken, you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress, because of God. Until next time.